you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. At JCPenney, fashion counts for everybody and everybody. The weather is getting warmer and it's time to swap my winter layers for fun, vibrant, and cool clothing with so many fun things happening this spring like Mother's Day and the Wind Down Tour. It's hard to find great looking clothes that fit you just right. That's why I love JCPenney. JCPenney has so many stylish and comfortable options for so many different body types. I've been blown away by their selection and everything hugs my body in all the right spots. Refresh your wardrobe this spring with style that gets you. Something to wear that fits your favorite moments of the season at prices that feel just as good. Discover brands that get you and put style and comfort first, like Worthington and Liz Claiborne for her, each in women's petite and plus sizes. Here, spring comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. JCPenney, make everybody count. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. Fantasy freaks and geeks, what is up? Why don't you check out the NFL Fantasy Live podcast? Yeah, NFL Fantasy Live podcast is Tuesdays and Fridays. You can find it on iTunes, on NFL.com. We always give you the top waiver wire pickups, starts and sits, everything you need Match-ups, to win a championship. Everything. A lot podcast. of Star Wars stuff. Yeah. You'll laugh. You'll cry. You'll wear a tie and eat yogurt. It's great. <laughs> Listen. <laughs> All right. The Wiz Kid from Wisconsin, MG, Marcus Grant, Michael Fabiano, and me, James Coe, every Tuesday and Friday on the NFL Fantasy Live podcast. Going to the hurry of offense. Yes, hi and hello and welcome to the Dave Damashek football program presented as always by McDonald's. Go get you some of them delicious chicken McNuggets, 100% all white meat, no preservatives, mm. colors, so on and so forth. Nothing but deliciousness awaits your taste buds here in Studio 66 today. It is time to jump in. We are unveiling the so-called projections. I am going to go 1 through 16 in the AFC today. Next week, we'll talk about the NFC. These are subject to change. Of course, Matt Harmon, Handsome Hank in here. We'll say proper hellos in a minute, but it is the hurry up. Let's get to it. Handsome Hank, Eli Manning or Tony Romo, who would you rather have as your quarterback in 2016? I'll go with Tony Romo, please. Uh, Matt Harmon. Eli Manning. In fantasy? Both. Really? Handsome. Explain yourself quickly. Uh, I just think Tony Romo at his best is better than Eli at his best recently. Both one or the other or none Hall of Famers? Uh, Neither. Neither's a Hall of Famer. That's incorrect. I say Eli's a Hall of Famer. Eli's a Hall of Famer. We had this discussion. Romo's got to go deep. I know. People are always interested in it. Two new stadium sponsorship names. Which would you rather play in? The Hard Rock Stadium or the New Era Stadium, Harmon? 
I don't want to burn any bridges here, but Marcus Grant made a good point the other day. Is Hard Rock really making enough money to slap their name on a stadium at this point? It is funny. Is it 1982? Well, and they graduated from cafes to hotels, so I point. feel like maybe that's how they're making their money. That said, uh, I mean, my team does or apparently is going to be playing in the Hard Rock Stadium. I would I prefer Landshark for for Miami. That's had several names since uh, since they moved uh, out of Joe Robbie, which was its original name. A lot of headlines on the way here, and I see handsome. You led the charge here. Ryan Tannehill finding himself between a rock and a hard place. So yeah, I went so there. Forth. Sorry, I don't look forward to any of those. Mm-hmm. Bucks or Jags? There's some excitement uh, down in the state of Florida for both of these young football teams. Which team would you rather be a fan of for the next three years, handsome Hank? Uh, I go Jags. I think they're a little bit further along that path. But I think I agree. But I think both are pretty exciting teams to to be around. Harmon, how say you? I think I like the quarterback better on the Bucks, but right. I can't go against my guy Allen Robinson and the Jacksonville Jaguars. Ah, but Mike Evans is better than Allen Robinson. With all due respect to your favorite wide receiver, Mister Reception Perception. That's fine if you'd like to say wrong things in this podcast yeah, yeah. studio. You could <laughs> exactly. you could say things like. Do that. you like it when passes bounce off players' hands? I don't well, listen. One bad year, but Mike Evans' numbers two years ago were sublime. Allen Robinson blew up in 2015. You wait and see. 2016 is the year of Mike Evans. I like him very much in fantasy and in reality. And I like the Bucks to actually win one more game than the Jags will win in 2016. To answer my own question, we'll get into greater detail with that team in just a minute. Who's going to be the first coach fired? I hate to be so negative here in August, but you know it happens every year, multiple times. Who's the first one out the door? Harmon. I'm going to go with Rex out of the three we've got on the screen here. Oh, yes. If you're watching, and we appreciate you watching, uh, you can do so. NFL.com slash podcasts is the place to do it. We see Jeff Fisher. We see Gus Bradley, an interesting one mm-hmm. to see up there. And Rexy, handsome. How say you? I don't think any of those three go during the season. I think they're all definitely on hot seats or hot-ish seats. And Rex probably the hottest of them all. But I don't think any of those guys get canned during the season. I, and I'm not sure I, I, I can think of anyone that definitely will do. The one guy who's who doesn't appear to be on any of those lists right now, but I think probably is at risk, is if the Cowboys have another bad year. And, of course, we know that last year was based on the mm. fact that there were a bunch of injuries. But, you know, with all the suspensions and everything else that's happening on the defense, it's not. it wouldn't be crazy to think that the Cowboys have another poor year. Um, and I think then Garrett, Jason Garrett would be at risk. Don't forget what happened mid-year in 2015. The Detroit Lions laid waste to several of, uh, of right. their coaching staff, uh, several members of that. And so Jim Caldwell might be on the chopping block if they get out of the gate tepidly. I'm going to go with Rex Ryan. I don't know if he'll be the first, but I think he flew a little too close to the sun like Icarus by bringing Rob Ryan in there. That was a bad move by him, I think, in football terms. And then I think it sends a weird message to the Bills organization that you're bringing your brother in. I think you're going to have to feel like if you're the Bills then to push back, you're going to have to just purge both Ryan brothers. What I do see looming, though, is is Reggie Ragland, I feel like, was going to be a good middle linebacker for them. We like Shaq Lawson a lot as a person, and he was certainly dominant at Clemson, but neither one of those guys may play a snap unless Shaq Lawson gets out there in the tail end of 2016. I think whoever takes this team over in 2017 is going to have a much better defense, but uh, Rex will not be around to see it. Dave, just a word on on nepotism in the NFL. It is kind of extraordinary how, like, I get the Rex and Rob thing, you know, that's pretty unique in bringing your brother, but watching Hard Knocks, Jeff Fisher's son is the coach of the defensive backs for the Rams. There's so many times where these guys, you know, and I get it, it's the fam- it's a family business and whatever else, but it does occur to you that there must be, of all the football coaches out there in America coaching, you know, 
in college and high school, whatever. Is it re- could it really be true that you know it happens on? Let's say I'm I'm guessing at this, but probably more than twenty five percent of teams, the head coach's kid or the brother or whatever else. Can it really be true that that's the best guy for the job? That's interesting. I wonder if there's a higher rate of nepotism in the NFL than in other professions. I've always said that I would be willing to have taken over my father's medical practice. Mm. You know, I walk into the, <laughs> hey, uh, oh, are you <laughs> Dr. Damashek? No, I'm I'm just mister. But yeah. my old man, you know, he told <laughs> he, me a couple it. things before he, passed he retired. On a bit. So, yeah. Exactly. Um, and uh, finally, what are you looking forward to in preseason week two? I always say preseason lies to your eyes. Don't believe what you see there. Nevertheless, Harmon. I love the preseason. Uh, not as much as I love the regular season, of course, mm. but for two reasons. One is position battles. Like with the Ravens running backs as a group I'm really watching right now, I think Buck Allen is kind of entrenched as a receiver, but we're hearing that steady drumbeat of Terrence West, and it is coming to fruition in the preseason, and it's something that I'm buying in on right now. So I want to watch that continue to grow, and also because we are talking before we started, I love college football and those fringe roster guys like Rashard Higgins, who I was a big fan of at Colorado State. You get to see those guys play. So I like watching those as well as the position battles. Handsome Hank. Uh, I have been um, slightly worried by the performance, or at least the reported performance, of the Dolphins' offense in, in practice and then in their first preseason game. So, I mean, the way that I like to watch preseason is you choose guys on your team that you're interested in, maybe some of the fringe guys as well. Leontay Carew is a receiver that they drafted that I'm really interested in. So mm-hmm. I like to keep an eye on those guys, knowing, of course, that the guy that's probably throwing them the ball in that case isn't necessarily the, your number one guy. The other thing, two guys uh, who you can see on the screen here, Moritz Boringer, we heard a lot about during the draft, and then Anthony Dable, who's a French receiver for mm. the for the New York Giants, both guys that I am really interested in seeing get you know sort of get their first shots to, to play in the NFL. Continental handsome Hank, not leaving his roots behind, not forgetting them. I want to dig in on these Miami Dolphins. We'll do so in just a second. I don't remember what I told you, Emma VP, I was going to talk about here. Oh, Paxton Lynch. Yes, I was excited to see him. I mean, the word is Trevor Simeon is now beating out Mark Sanchez. At least uh, Simeon is going to get the gig or to start in uh, in preseason week two. I'm going to switch it up, though. Jimmy Garoppolo is a fascinating <laughs> guy. I, I still want to see Paxton Lynch, but Garoppolo. They immediately have to take down the image they kindly put up there. If you're reading Terrific. the buzz out of Patriots camp, it, there's, there's mild concern about Garoppolo and, and the speed with which he's making decisions. Of course, we're assuming that the Patriots are going to be great. I'll tell you how great I think they're going to be in just a second. But if they get out of the gate really poorly with Garoppolo, that'll shake things up. I'm Our, sad my nickname for Garoppolo, the Garoppopotamus, hasn't taken off as much. And why was the, what was behind that? It just is, is, I like it. It's catchy? Yeah, it's catchy. It is cute. All right, Thanks. start the show. Yes, hi and hello, and welcome to the DDFP, presented by McDonald's. I mentioned them, Chicken McNuggets. They're a good choice mm. at lunch or dinner, or you can get an all-day breakfast. Did you bring us any? Pleasure. No. You know what, though? When I think about Chicken McNuggets, because uh, my kids love them, and uh, it, it, it makes me, it reminds me that before we press on here, on a serious note, I owe the children of America an apology. I do this annually. The kids are back to school, and it's not even Labor Day yet right. now. Mm. I, made a, I made a promise as a child that when I ascend to the top of America's mountain, that the, my first order of business will be to cut back on the school days during the week. It would just be a three- or maybe four-day-a-week thing, and you'd only go for maybe half the year. And under my watch, it's in fact gone the other direction. Right. I failed you. 
I failed you kids out there, and I owe you an apology, and I don't know what else I can say about this. How did we get into a place where we're starting school in August? It's summer. It's a travesty. But by proxy, did you just say that you have already ascended to the top of America's mountain here? You're right. I do have a couple more strides to go before I reach the very peak. Don't be so hard on yourself yet. You're right. You're right. Okay, thank you for that. All right, let's dig in here now. And by the way, Matt Harmon, um, well, you know, I promised that we would say proper hellos. Before we dig in on the AFC 1 through 16 rankings here, a, uh, we, we are getting to a point where Matt Harmon needs his own intro music here. He's been such a regular here. Give us your Twitter handle. At Matt Harmon underscore BYB. Unfortunately, got to do something end. about that. That's horrible. I, I Listen, it's at the point now where I just have to kind of live with it. Well, there are the Matt Harmons out there. There is an at Matt Harmon, but he hasn't tweeted since like 2013. Tweet at him. Say, hey, can I have your, your handle, please? Believe, by the way, how do all these, um, like the, some of the, the women that have seemed to have taken over other people's Twitter handles and, and um, posting suggestive pictures, how do they get, you know, they, they seem to do a great job of, of getting other people Twitter handles. I don't have any insight on this no, particular okay. matter. It's very strange, and I, I I do think it's funny now. What? How long's Twitter been around? Eight, ten years, something 2009, like that. Two thousand nine, I think it started. Yep. Oh, is that right? Wow, is that right? Only yeah, two thousand and nine. Right. It yeah. hasn't even been close to a decade no. yet. Think of the influence that it's had. We need to work out hard and fast rules here. Imagine though, in two thousand and nine, if you embraced some silly nickname, you tried to make a joke with your Twitter handle. Now you're stuck with that. Right. That's even worse right. than having an underscore in there. Um, but we do need some hard and fast etiquette on Twitter. I tweeted at somebody the other day something. Somebody who is a relevant sports journalist. He didn't even bother to reply back. He could subtweet me. He could have let me. He could have said, "Oh yeah, that's it." How dare you, sir? And you've got like slapping my face. Why would? Why? Why should they have done that? Because I, because I contacted them. I I deserve it. As somebody who is three to four strides away from the peak of America's mountain, according to Matt Harmon. What can you I think I, I think I'm owed a response. You've got the blue check too, so you know that notification pops up on their phone. That's you can't right. turn that off. All right, let's get into the AFC here. Before we do that, though, let's say yep. hello properly to Hi. our oldest and favorite, seated to my immediate left, all the way from London, England. He is now our resident Miami Dolphins fan. It's handsome Hank. <laughs> Another reminder, if you're not listening to the DDFP, or if you're listening, we appreciate you subscribing, commenting, everything else. If you're watching, go to NFL.com slash podcast if you'd like to view the podcast, and there you will see a grand intro video for Handsome Hank. How are you, Handsome Hank? I am very well indeed. Thank you very much. For I know. Me, you must be doing well. You've gone three buttons deep. Have I? I'm sorry, everyone. There. Oh, wow. Sorry, America. A little risque. It's yep. Like, That's how you can tell that, maybe you that could Handsome zip. Hank is more important than I am. Yeah, I'm wearing. Maybe you my... could zip up a little bit more. Well, I'm wearing a, uh, uh, what would you call this, a warm-up jacket? It's, a, uh, it's for an athlete. Yeah, an athlete. Combine. Yeah. I got it at the combine because uh, because I'm fancy and right. I, it has a number oh seven on it. It gives it has a QB on it, and so next year I should really do that. I should just wear this around and see if people start in. There were a couple times I did wear the jacket, and a couple people gave me looks right. as if to is he really going out really there with be? the QBs yeah. today? 
Let's admit that, that 50-year-old pot-bellied man. I was going to really say, there's certainly no yeah. distinction between you and a college-age quarterback. Like, I feel like, though, we are about two years away from the combine. Is, you know, it's, it's sort of reaching that almost the same type of pinnacle as you are. But the lurid color that every year the, the players are assigned like a lurid like highlighter marker, orange or green was last year. I think, you know, we're, we're a couple of years away from that being a thing that people look forward to and they're like, I wonder what color they're going to be wearing this year. <laughs> Maybe it'll be lurid pink. They should sell these at NFL.com. I believe like they this. do. Oh, do they? Yeah, oh, something, well, something similar. By the way, the proper pronunciation, and I've fallen into the trap, it's combined. It's not combine. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. Yeah. Combine is a piece of farming equipment. A combine is when you get people together to do one thing. You combine them. So why would it be combine? Except that, as somebody has pointed out to me, that that a combine separates the wheat from the chaff. So Mm. metaphorically, it does make sense. But I don't think they were that clever when they were doing that. Also, we do have to uh, work in here somewhere along the way today our handsome QB rankings. That's a request from a listener. Emma VP, please uh, find that uh, that tweet so we can get to that. And also, please have the schedules of the AFC teams ready to go if we need to run through them at all. Meantime, let's start with the AFC East, and I will unveil for you at number one. It's a little anticlimactic because this is the best team in the AFC, but at top the East, of course, and in fact, all the AFC with a 13 and three record. I say the New England Patriots are a dominant team this year. Mention Garoppolo can maybe undermine that a little bit if he goes one and three, two and two. I suspect he's going to be more along the lines of three and one. Harmon, how say you? I mean, I'm fine with that. I think that they'll probably start out the gate just fine with Garoppolo. I mean, they won 11 games with Matt Castle not long ago, who actually took some snaps at tight right. end in college. He never he would, never even took a quarterback snap. I mean, so I think they'll be fine. They have a really good weapon still. They've got Gronk. They've got Martellus Bennett, who I really do think is going to be a big factor there. And they had a nice-looking rookie, Malcolm Mitchell, who I was a big fan of in college, but he got hurt. Um, they, they've got a nice collection of weapons. I think they will still score points. Handsome. Yeah, I mean, I'm not I'm not going to argue. It's be it'll be what 92 years in a row. Uh, but if if they do it again this year, that they've won the AFC East, I say 13 and three might might be 12 and four. It might be 14 and two, but it, it'll be somewhere in that range. I don't see any any other team in that division. They all have big enough holes that they're not really going to challenge the Patriots. This I year. mean, the thing that I have said, you know, for now 15 years, or at least the second half of the 15-year run of, uh, of Patriots dominance in the 21st century is for Belichick, who is supposedly, he nominally on the rise, was a defensive wizard. The defenses weren't really good, but over the last couple of years, the defense has been getting better and better, and I have a feeling that this defense might be one of the very best that Belichick has fielded since way back in the mid Aughts, you know, when they had McGinnis, yep. Ty Law, and the rest there. They have some great pieces there. And then the offensive weapons, you you hit on it there. The highlight is Martellus Bennett now with Gronk. Matchup nightmares there. Mm-hmm. And Julian Edelman's going to be back. And uh, Amendola, we'll see what he can contribute there. And for what it's worth, Tom Brady, we know when he gets back, we know – uh, pissed Tom Brady is, is the most yeah. diabolical Tom Brady. Right, that's definitely a thing. I, I mean, really, but – the question is this, and I don't want to indulge this too much because I think we know the answer. 
But wouldn't it be fun if Garoppolo went 4-0? and And not only 4-0, and but was averaging 325 and three or four touchdowns and was super efficient and wasn't throwing bad picks or anything like that. Wouldn't that what, – what, what do you think would be – just handsome, because you deal with the um, fan reaction to some degree in your gig. What do you think – what kind of push do you suppose there might be from Patriots land to stick with the kid? I I don't really think there would be any. I, mean, I don't if, think Belichick would. No, no, of course he's not going to indulge that. But I, I just, I mean, what kind of fan base? If if it was that Brady had been injured or Brady had fallen off and then Garoppolo, you know, if Brady had been playing badly, then got injured, then Garoppolo got his shot, then I can you can understand why that might possibly happen. But but Patriots fans, if anything, are even more wedded to Tom Brady now because of the reason that he's not playing for this first four weeks. So I, you know, they're not going to be there afterwards going, uh, let's stick with the kid, even if he does have those great games. I think they'll be thrilled that one day when Brady eventually does begin to or decide to retire or his career goes in the, in the wrong direction, they'd have someone there. But I, th- more than anything, I think Jimmy Garoppolo will probably be fine. And I think that he will be another, and the Patriots have done this before, he'll be another trade bait quarterback so that this time next year, or maybe not this time next year, but next March, April, when there are teams that are looking for a quarterback, you know, Belichick can, that I disagree can flip with. him. I think for, this is his audition, in fact. And if he but plays it, but, well enough, I think they will have to retain him. Brady's right there at the door. of. But uh, Brady says he wants to play for another however many well, years. That's silly. It's nice to want things. But it will be really interesting is if Brady comes back after the suspension and starts slow. After, yes, that's, I, I guess that's what it would require. Right, week Garoppolo. five, week six, week seven. Wow, Brady's really They're right. not looking too good. Listen, what if he plays the way he played – what was that? Three years ago now, where right. it, where they had really that big Monday night game against the Chiefs. Ago, yeah, yeah. Against yeah. the Chiefs was the that. Nadir, yeah. the Patriots dynasty here. Yeah, that would. They be won the Super Bowl that year, <laughs> right? So let's. Yeah. So I think people will be able to remember back two years, but maybe some fans can't. But this is a prolific offense. I, it really doesn't matter. Deion Lewis, you know, questions about yep. whether he's going to be ready for the start of the season, but they have pieces in the backfield there. It's a pass-first offense. Either way, and guys like Jamie Collins and then Nikovich is going to get back and uh, and Sheard and Chris Long for what he can contribute at this point. I mean, they, they just seem loaded on both sides of the ball. The Jets almost made the playoffs last year. I say this year they regress to 8-8, eight and eight, which really isn't that big a knock. If you look up their first five games of the season, Emma VP, if you would, dig up their first five games. Um, to start the thing, and it, and it will uh, it will dampen any enthusiasm you have for their prospects in 2016. Handsome, what do you make of this or uh, of this group with uh, Fitz Magic back in the fold? I I think they could be a wild card team. I wouldn't be I wouldn't be at all surprised. I think their offense is better than it was. I think you know second year of Todd Bowles, the defense is going to be well, you know should be pretty good. I wouldn't be shocked. That whole division, you know, the reason that they they all have very tough schedules, they're playing the NFC West, and there's a lot of travel involved, and there's obviously some really good teams there. I wouldn't be shocked if the Jets, you know, right? I, am I allowed to spoil who else you've picked? Yeah, should well, well, what do you think? What do you should I should well, I, just I, I have to all? give some context to to why I think that they might outperform one all of right. the teams that you've final call. Emma VP behind the glass. She's do you in want charge. me to reveal all right now? And no then power we'll go through it. Yeah, reveal your uh, your first board. My first board. What's my first board? The whole AFC. It's it's no, TV talk. You just division. just say yes. Yes, reveal the full board. I don't know what's gonna go on there. 
Oh, my AFC East predictions. There they are. The Patriots okay. are the number one seed in the conference. Your Jet. Why does it say Jets nine and seven? I I I, I gave you eight and eight, and then the Dolphins are seven and nine, and the poor Bills are five and eleven. I just thought, you know what? Hey, I, when you did this, did you actually add up the game? Because I've done this with you before, yes. where you had more wins than there were games. You can season. check my math. Okay. It is it is one hundred percent accurate. There are the same okay. number if you Good. add cumulatively, same number of wins as there are losses. Okay, I understand math. I know you do, but that's this is the first year you've understood math. No, I that's not true. <laughs> and let me tell you another thing. I have said it before. Now that school's underway, I uh, one of my many laments about my time with the man. Um, as a minor, which is, you know, once you get into, once you're past 18, then the man owns you 365. And, you know, when you're a child, he only owns you for nine months out of the year. Um, but he forces you to learn math that you just absolutely positively do not need. You need addition, subtraction, multiplication tables up through 11 or 12, maybe a little long division. After that, it's all nonsense. I like all short th- division better than long division. <laughs> <laughs> where is long Nailed short it. division? Short division is just the one where you don't have more than one number. You know, I can divide something by anything How? Up, uh, anything up to I've 10. I've never heard of short division. What? Well, it's just normal division. It's just standard division. It's just not standard difficult division. division. Well, appropriate that we would be talking about this as we go through the AFC mm. divisions. But, uh, but yes, I used my addition skills okay. that I learned back Good. in second I'm not, grade. Look, I'm not questioning your addition skills. I just know that in the past you just ignored that and we'll hope, you hope that it was somewhere close. I have the Jets at 8-8. Eight and eight. I have the Dolphins at 7-9. and nine. So that board that we showed was inaccurate. But, uh, but then the Bills... Are five and eleven now. Back to where we started here. Hans. Yeah, it doesn't really help me because I was I was saying that the Jets. I think the Jets could be better than eight and eight. I think the Jets could challenge for a wild card berth. You have, and I am going to spoil things. You have the Bengals and Raiders as your two wild card teams in the AFC. Sorry, everyone, for spoiling that surprise. And I think that the Jets could challenge maybe the Raiders, who I think you have as the sixth seed. Uh, for for that spot, I just think they're going to be a lot better on offense than they were, and I think that the Ryan Fitzpatrick, you know, obviously had that horrific Week 17 game last year. I think it's great they got him back, but with Matt Forte in the backfield, I think, I think boy, predicated good... on uh, if if your assumption that they're going to be better than last year because the offense is going to be better, boy, I find that uh, I think the offense will be better. Awfully dicey. Why? Because Forte over Ivory. I think Forte, they've got more depth at receiver. I think I think that they can be. Uh, I think they can be a good team. Harmon, do you like Forte? in fantasy? I don't. Not where he's currently going. I think he's going too high. In fact, I just Which is where? About like the fourth, fifth round. I think that's too high for him. They have pretty much said from the beginning, every beat writer has said it, the team has intimated it, that this is going to be a split backfield. You know, they gave Bilal Powell pretty much an identical contract right after they brought Matt Forte, and I just wrote about Bilal Powell yesterday. I love Billy Powell. Yeah, he's great. I mean, he played really well down the stretch. He has a similar sort of skill set as a pass catcher out of the backfield. And, you know, this offense, too, where, where I think that they both could thrive is that they really only have the two receivers. They have Marshall and they have Decker, and all the targets pretty much funnel to them. They could use Forte out in the slot and then still have Powell in the backfield, and both of those guys could make hay. So, in a way, I'd just rather take the cheaper guy in fantasy, and that's Powell right now. All right. I mean, I, I like uh, the magic that Chan Gailey has worked at every stop along the way when he's coordinating an offense specifically. I also think that they would have been fine for that reason with Geno Smith under center in 2016. But uh, the, the the guy who is the X factor, if you will, for this team, maybe making a, making them more special is Leonard Williams this year in year mm-hmm. two. If he takes off the way he was expected. Remember, a lot of people floated him as the best player available in the 2015 draft. Yep. He was good last 
last year if he really soars this year on what is a uh, potentially really dominant uh, uh, front there for the Jets. Maybe they will be better along the lines of what Handsome's thinking. The Dolphins are a team that once again, I know it's uh, Groundhog Day for you, Handsome, not in a good way with Ryan Tannehill. But I think this, you know, Adam Gase, people are very excited about him, and he has done good work in his last two stops in the NFL, including up in Chicago. And I know people have said that Tannehill, look, he got to work with Mike Sherman. Remember when people were super excited about that because that was his A&M coach, and people thought, well, that'll do it. And But all right, that, uh, necessi- that doesn't necessarily equate to success in the NFL because he was with Brett Favre. And in the same way, um, Joe Philbin had the benefit of working with Aaron Rodgers. It's sort of like... Matt Leinart being the quarterback of a very talented USC team. Like, well, who's really the good right. one? Is Leinart benefiting from the talent or vice versa? Was Joe Philbin overrated as a QB guru because he happened to be working with Aaron Rodgers? And same goes for Mike Sherman. When sure he looks was, like it now. Doesn't yeah, when he was with Brett Favre. Maybe Gase is the real deal. And in year five for Ryan Tannehill, I don't think it's absurd, especially with Leonte Carew, Jarvis Landry, who is now emerging as one of the perennial most underrated guys because he's not a game breaker, but he's, he's, uh, you know, his, as a number one receiver, he's not great because his yards per catch. He's not going to be asked to be that number one. No, but now Devontae Parker. However, I asked Matt Harmon about him recently. You're down on Parker, eh? I am based on what his expectations are right now, because I think he made a lot of those splash plays towards the end of last season. And sometimes, especially in fantasy, we get caught up in highlight bias. And when you look at, you know, I chart all the the routes for the wide receivers for reception perception. He had one of the lowest success rate versus press coverage scores that I've had uh, in series history. History. And I think that's a trouble for him right now is consistently succeeding on the outside. But I do think the team realizes that because there are reports that they want to use him in the slot and off the line of scrimmage as the flanker. And I think that's why they took Carew. Right. They called him a target player in the press conference after the draft. They traded some pretty serious draft capital in 2017 to get him because he's that guy you can put on the line of scrimmage and can consistently win against press coverage. So these three as a trio – I think I'm really excited about them and the future going forward. But for this year, I think Parker will finish a little bit lower expectations-wise what people are thinking he's going to do. Well, also, another guy who you can say every year, when, uh, this guy maybe is going to break through, but Jordan Cameron, Jordan Cameron is, is there too. Yeah. By the way, too, I'm a, I'm a uh, pedigree snob, and Laramie Tunsil, if he didn't put the mask on with the weed and everything, he would have gone no worse than second or third in the, or well, I guess he wouldn't have gotten in the top two but third or fourth in this draft and he fell because he was burning tree in that video and everybody remembers but now he's on that offensive right. line overall well he's not a- right now actually they still have not given him the the go-ahead to be a starter all right despite he, the, they will they will do probably they've been playing him at guard too right. which is interesting because I mean he was a stud left Weird, tackle yeah. at Ole Miss but that's where he's gonna I mean that's where the biggest hole left left right. guard was was the biggest issue yes. Brandon Albert's playing left tackle I don't think he unless Brandon and Albert gets injured or, or his age catches up with him, I don't believe that, that Tunsil will be playing left tackle Agreed. for the Dolphins this not year. This That's not the plan. And, you know, this is a team that maybe shouldn't be looking to add a, fi- a, a couple finishing touches. This isn't a team no, good no. enough to do that. But if things break just so for them, I like Mario Williams when you when you put him next to 
um, Indomitian Sue. I like anybody if you put him next to Indomitian Sue. Plus Cameron Wake returning. I don't think the prospects are absolutely grim. At least you have playmakers, and I talk about that a lot. You want splash playmakers on defense in 21st century NFL, and Kiko Alonso is that right, handsome? Uh, I, the the, the secondary is the biggest question mark yeah, on the defense, and that's going to be, you know, obviously that's the defensive line will look better if the secondary is good, but I just I think the secondary is going is is their biggest weakness, and I think that's why they're going to struggle. I think overall as well, the offense, you know, this is also you. I think you started talking about it, but it's Tannehill's what fourth offense during his five year career that he's had to learn. I think that Gase's offense is going to take a little while for that for them all to to get on the same page, and I think especially with that, you know, like you said with the Jets, they have a horribly tough first few weeks of the season. Uh, they go to the Seattle to begin with. They got a Patriots game. They got the Bengals. They got the Steelers early. Um, so I I I think it's going to take a while for them to get going. I wouldn't be surprised if they're one of those teams that halfway through the season is really struggling and looks to move some pieces. You know, maybe some of those defensive players, maybe not Mario Williams, but Cam Wake, they they just signed a new contract with him, but I wouldn't be surprised for them to put him on the on the trade block or someone like him halfway through the season and then try and acquire some picks and as they carry on a rebuilding project, which is really what this is for Gase. All right, so I, I hear you, and in fact, I think it sounds like nine, seven and seven nine, nine is, is, is yeah. to me, is, is is we're closer to five. Well, and by the way, I do have to mention, if you're a fan base of a team that I have losing double digits, somebody has to do it. I right. can't make everybody have a winning record. That's unreasonable. Well, and you so, did last year, I think. That was what, is I that what happened up earlier on. Ah, listen, I like my glass to be half full in August, and I like for fan bases around uh, Amer- football America to be excited for the season. Bills, though, I have at 5'11". I love the offense. I love it. People say I overrate Tyrod Taylor. But Sammy Watkins, yeah, talk, about, talk about pedigree snobbery. I like, but remember, Sammy Watkins was uh, almost consensus better than Odell Beckham. That doesn't make it so. I think it, it was so. almost consensus. I it think was it was consensus. consensus absolutely. Yeah. I mean, but and people say, well, oh, that's laughable now. But Sammy Watkins, if you watched him last year, was terrific when when he was out there, dominant down the stretch. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they had you know you, now you talk Charles Clay and Shady McCoy and Reggie Bush not in a feature role, so you can hope for a few special plays out of him. The question is the defense for Rex Ryan and. No Marcel Darius to start the year. That's bad. We already talked about the two rookies that are mm-hmm. going to be down. Any reason to think this team is better than where I'm putting them, Harmon? I don't know. I agree with you. I think the defense is the biggest question and, you know, just the attitude of the team in general. I mean, this was like almost a mutiny at the end of last year, and I don't know that Rex bringing in his brother is going to make anything that much better. You know, the, the defensive pieces that they were counting on to really be starters in the draft, they're all, they're all hurt at this point. I don't know how they're any better than they were last year, and their offense, while they have, you know, three, like a really exciting group of triplets in Tyrod Taylor, LaShawn McCoy, when he's healthy, and Sammy Watkins, both the running back and the receiver have injured. All three of them really have injury have injured, questions. Right. And then beyond that, there's not a ton of depth. Well, who would you take outside of Brady? Who do you want in fantasy as your quarterback out of this AFC East? I like Tyrod Taylor. I would say Tyrod Taylor. Yeah. I, I like... The defense is bad. I mean, that's the that's rudimentary fantasy math, but it is. Like, he's going to throw it more in the second half. How long can you wait, wait on him to draft him as, a, as your quarterback? I think, like, the earliest he would go is, like, the 11th round right. in most casual drafts, and that might even be aggressive. I mean, and he's a running quarterback. Yeah. And that rushing yardage from the quarterback position is, like, a, it's a cheat code because you just get 
get more points than passing. I like Fitzpatrick too, though. I, I would not be shocked if the Jets finish as a top five passing offense in terms of attempts. They spent the 11th most time of possession last year while leading. I could see that coming back a little bit, and they were already a top 10 pass right. attempt offense. Yeah, so I, I really uh, ironically love the offense in Buffalo and uh, am uninspired. The secondary is not terrible. Do, uh, they've got a good true, young second. They've got a couple of good uh, cover corners there. Do I? Did I get uh, my records right? Anybody want to throw out uh, any alterations? If Garoppolo goes three and one, I think fourteen and two, yep. or maybe even fifteen and one, is reasonable for this team. I, I, I think Brady and company are going to come out like a. The, the only thing I would say is, like I said, uh, with all the teams playing the NFC West and the travel that that involves, True. you know, that that's a, that 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 knocks people down, and they may lose something that perhaps they were expected to win just because they got to. Go so Be afraid, NFL. If Garoppolo goes down to Arizona and wins in week one, that might be our best hope of uh, yeah. of seeing the Patriots get a two seed or a three seed because it looks to me like uh, they're the clear-cut best team in a relatively soft uh, AFC this year. Now to the north, and we'll work backwards to forwards here for a little uh, – or oh, are we going to just exciting. show the graphic there, Emma VP? You want to show it? Let's show – how we have it. I'm sorry, Browns fans. I know people are excited about Hugh and company, but four and twelve. Ravens at seven and nine. They How might did you even get the Browns to four. No, I have to see mm. I have the Ravens at six and ten. I don't know where these numbers are coming from. I think Black mm. Tie just decided he would change things around. <laughs> these numbers are he doesn't uh, agree. and I have the Bengals at nine and seven. Hey people. man, I just decided I didn't like your numbers. I have the Ravens at six and ten, not seven and nine, and I have the Bengals at nine and seven. I think the absence of Hugh I think the absence of a clear number Shrek, two you can't pass blame, catcher. You can't blame the team for getting your numbers wrong. We all know you keep changing your, your predictions, you know? Hey, these so are, just, not, these are just, in yes. pencil for now. I don't know who's going to get injured between now and the start of the season. Don't these are us, penciled in right now. Just saying. It's a range of outcomes. Right. It's exactly. And a thing can happen. It's not a record. If Dave, if Dave says everything, then he'll be right. Yeah, I mean, and, you and stink. We've got, and we've you seen, all and we've stink. seen this before. What he means by seven and nine is that they win anywhere between seven and nine games. That's what right. he means. Oh. What creeps. Now, let me tell you something. <laughs> I think Cleveland, we can go through them fairly quickly. But, Harmon, from a fantasy perspective, anybody intriguing here? I know who you're going to say. I kind of like this whole offense for what? fantasy a little bit. I know that sounds crazy because it's the Browns. But, listen, Hugh Jackson is a proven maximizer of talent. We've seen him do that in his Oakland tenure and then again in Cincinnati. He got some of the best years of a lot of those guys' careers last year. And I like the talent level. I mean, Corey Coleman, I think, is going to be a stud. He could be a early on stud. with RG three throwing him the ball. Well, I mean, I think that he will be a volatile asset. Like he'll produce some big, big games, and then a couple of you know three for forty type of lines, and and that's fine. But I think you're going to be chasing those big games and down the line. I think he could be a legit number one receiver. Um, kind of think like Martavis Bryant in Pittsburgh, how he was used as a rookie as a field stretcher and a short intermediate guy. I think you could see that with with Corey Coleman early in the passing game. Well, uh, RG three is the, the as big an X factor as there is in all right. the NFL. Except this team is not. No matter what happens, isn't going to be competitive for the Super Bowl or anything. But sure. But then you got Josh maybe he, Gordon. If, maybe I, if he takes off. If Gordon comes back even at 80% right. of what he was, that's a pretty big boost for an offense that has some other pieces. I mean, Gary Barnage, I think, had a legit breakout year last year. The two backfield guys are interesting because they – I thought that's what you were going to say was Duke right. Johnson. I think that guy is a, is a real value in fantasy. I think he's year. already being taken at his ceiling. When he goes in, like, the fifth, sixth round of especially non-PPR drafts, like, he caught 60 pass, 62 passes as a rookie last year. I could see him finishing even a little bit less because they've just got more threats now. Right. They've got Coleman. They've got Barnage. They've got Gordon when he's playing. I like 
Rashard Higgins, who I mentioned up top, you know, he's probably not going to be a big factor. But at the same time, like, they've just got more weapons to spread it around to than just taking a lot of dump-offs to Duke Johnson. All right. Too soon, though, to, to you know, uh, to be really optimistic about what they're going to do Agreed. in Cleveland. The Ravens, though, I think a lot of people, just because their name is the Baltimore Ravens and we've come to expect a certain level of success from them, so the assumption is, well, they won't be down for too long. Handsome, 6-10, and 10, am I overly aggressive with my expectations of them staying down where they were I last think you year? are. I, I think the Ravens could bounce back, and you know, so much of that was, again, last year was injuries and, and, and people not being available to them. I think 9-7 and seven is probably their ceiling, but um, but – it could happen again. It just it doesn't seem likely with that team. I just don't like the – I mean, I say it all the time, but I don't love the depth that they have on uh, on either side of the line, and that's a major factor. That's a, a, a principal aspect of why they are relevant more seasons than not. That's right. sort of going away now. We've watched that attrition over the last couple of years. And Flacco, for all the talk, and people want to – I mean, when you complain too much about some, when you keep having to say, he is so elite. Maybe he's not elite, finally. Maybe Joe Flacco is very good, and he's clutch, and believe me, as a Steelers fan, he goes into Heinz Field and plays his best ball every time he goes in there. He is what you like the least in an opposing QB. He can throw 11 horrendous balls in a row, and he just keeps on firing. Like right. he, he keeps on coming back like the T-1000. That being said, he is not an elite quarterback, save three weeks about uh, four or five Januarys ago. The Bengals, and by the way, I, and you know, also he's hamstrung by who he has to throw to. This is such a tight end heavy offense. I don't know. You can expect anything out of Steve Smith. You know, Kamar Aiken's a guy. Come right on, there. With Kamar. Aiken. I love Kamar. How Kamari excited Aiken. can you be about Kamar? Aiken? What do you mean? He's well, fine. He played well last year. I know he played fine for a little while, and he's going to be the target. I mean, that's that's he's going to he's going to get he's going to have to get, he's going to have to catch passes. Someone yeah. has to. They're going to throw the ball. Bengals at nine and seven, like I say, I think the the Marv Lewis thing at some point, you know, Marv is a steady hand and successful franchises obviously know when to stick with a guy. But I, I at some point, you know, Rex is so volatile that, you know, that burns out quickly. But Marv's been there for a long time now. At some point, this vanilla Approach. I, I, I mean, this is based on nothing other than yeah. my expectation that at some point it's got to come around. They, don't they have to do something to do this? Yeah, they've been consistent and they keep getting into the postseason. But it's Andy Dalton, and I don't love Andy I, Dalton. I don't. Yeah, but I don't, just because that has to happen doesn't necessarily mean that they fall off this year. I agree with you that Marv is not the guy that's going to lead this team to a Super Bowl. Just like, you know, if you remember back when, when the Buccaneers started rising and Tony Dungy took them to a height and then probably couldn't get them, at the, couldn't get that team over over the top. I just, I, I don't think it necessarily means that they're going to fall off. I think they'll still be the type of team that, that gets to the playoffs, you know, relatively easily and then, and then probably falters there I just don't think I know he had a couple of good second half comebacks in uh in, in early in 2015 in specific games but I just don't buy and I don't want to make too big a deal out of the J.J. Watt calling him a BB gun but that just further exposed the fact that he is not a guy who deals well with adversity when it went against him three years ago now in the postseason against the Chargers he's a guy that it, when the ball gets rolling in the wrong direction he hasn't shown a knack for turning that around. But what, what do you think the chances are then of a, then at some point turning to AJ McCarron? I think wow. it's legitimate. If that wow. buzz, if that, that, if it got, but I, I'm with you. I look, I don't, I don't anticipate it happening. But if it got to halfway through the season and he's regressed, 
and I'm not I'm not anticipating that this would be an issue. I think they've got a really great backup plan in AJ McCarron. See, I don't think McCarron's that good. I, I don't think he, I thought he was propped up by his. I agree. Game. You know who he's about as good as Andy Dalton. <laughs> See, the thing all, all you have to do with Andy Dalton. Andy Dalton's been around, so that's so he's got that. To prove your point, and I might be talking out of both sides of my mouth here, but to prove your point on Andy Dalton, all you got to do is look back at the last three years. In 2013, he was a he was a really strong, productive quarterback when he had all of his weapons there. And same thing last year when they had Marvin Jones, Mohamed Sanu. Those guys are gone. They had Tyler Eifert breaking out. And then in 2014, when A.J. Green was hurt and Eifert was lost for pretty much the entire season, he was bad in 2014. And he now, classic, we called him a Brussels sprout the other day. Yeah, Brussels exactly. sprout is not good on its own. You really need the bacon bits and uh, and uh, all the dressing to make I don't know about the bacon bits in the right. Brussels sprouts, by the way. Oh, I, no, I no, you're wrong about that. I mean, it might taste better, but what's the point of eating Brussels sprouts if you're going to put bacon in there? Because Brussels sprouts are inedible is the point. That's so wrong. You're not making your Brussels sprouts right. Well, we'll talk We'll talk recipes right, on sure. that, right. but I can give you a couple of restaurants in uh, the Los Angeles area that really, I mean, they de- they're doing uh People miracle. are doing good things with, with Brussels sprouts, true. They all I mean, over vinegar themselves. After you get by A.J. Green, so now you're down to that. Maybe Tyler Boyd, but, you know, already Tyler Eifert with uh, with question marks there. The thing he also has going for him is one of the, by um, by pedigree, uh, at least by the, the, the guys out there where they were drafted and everything else. He has a, a very good offensive line. And that's as true. I always say, I what defer about? to people who did, do that for a living, who play offensive line. They will agree that that's one of the that's two or three one. best lines. What do we expect from Jeremy Hill this year? <sighs> who knows? It's so hard to say. He was he was. I dominant. like him and I like Bernard. Right. They're a good, really good backfield duo, but, I mean, Hill played bad last year. Yeah, he year. was bad. He was tentative. He even said after the year that he's like, I was trying to do too much. Like, he's definitely just a downhill banger. I don't think he's one of the best running backs in the NFL, but he's really strong at what he does when he's doing it well. So if he gets back to it, and because there are so many injuries in the passing game, they really probably do need to get back to establishing the run a bit. But, I mean, honestly, I, I don't know. It's, it's so hard to tell. He was very, very good as a rookie and then very, very bad last year. I don't know, man. I think Hugh Jackson, maybe last year was their year to cash in. They, it looked like there, were, there was a soft spot there at the very top of the AFC and the Patriots and Broncos. I think they could have been had and, uh, and maybe Dalton – let that one, you know, bite with the thumb injury. Maybe uh, that's what scuttled them. At the top of the division, call me a homer all you want, but I will I'm remind you, you let me tell you something, four straight years now I have correctly called the Steelers' final record. I mean, that's remarkable. Call me a homer all you want. That's pretty good. I've told you what their record's going to be for four straight years. I would and call that a humble that, brag, but there's nothing humble about that's it. That's awesome. Yeah. That's a, that, that, well, So then well, that's, how, how big a homer terrific. am I if I can tell you they're going to go 8-8? Eight and eight? That's terrific, but just because it happened four times out of four times doesn't mean it's going to happen five times out of right. five. Times. I got him at eleven and five here in mid-August. How many dudes can you lose on offense before it just? But and that's the strength of your team before you take a big step back. That's, that's my question. You know what? The, it, the this thing evolves season to season, and the Pittsburgh Steelers people didn't really observe it too much until December, January, but they happen to have a rising defense here. I know people want to knock the secondary, and rightly so, but that front seven ain't jive, handsome. Yeah, I mean, it, it could be. I want to know who's going to step up on offense, who you believe, because they're pumping a bunch of Ben players. Roethlisberger and I Antonio ben Brown. Roethlisberger. How about I that? that? But who are the other players? Who are they pumping D'Angelo up? Williams for four weeks, and then Levy and Bell comes out. Levy and Bell's not out for the entire year. He'll right, be yeah. we'll see you in October, Lev. 
I get it, but if they're gonna if their if their defense is not gonna be as good as you think it's gonna be, uh, I didn't say it's gonna be number one. But sure, they have. But that's they have. But, but that's <laughs> but that's argument. but that's what I'm saying. If their defense is not gonna be great, their offense is gonna have to be. Their that. defense was great at the end of last year. Why and is they it had, not gonna and be? And they good? had Martavis Bryant there, and it's. Right. I mean, that's a fact. They score a touchdown more a game with him in there. He's a difference maker. I agree with that. And Handsome's right. They were pumping up. Sammy, Sammy Coates, Coates is getting is getting pumped up, and then he went out there and was a disaster in and the then first And then Ladarius Green, who he was the big offseason, wow, you had that. Now What's going to happen? Now there's like, talk he might go he? on IR. Right. Uh, listen, I, I just want to know who things. the people are who are going to start. First of all, Mike Munchak has transformed that offensive line, so that's a good place to start. Whoever you put in there carrying the ball is likely to succeed, especially when you have high-end talents like D'Angelo Williams and right. Levy and Bell. All right. You have the best receiver in the NFL in Antonio Brown. You have one of the top three or four quarterbacks in Ben Roethlisberger. That's enough to get by and be a plus offense. And the defense is going to be a top-ten defense. I really like what they have. You know, the, I was concerned before the draft what they were going to do at nose tackle. I now am feeling a little uh, more at ease with that. I like their linebackers. X-factor guy. Ryan Shazier, if he plays the way he did in the second half of last year, the question is for him, his health, his body type, and everything else. But if he can continue to make difference-making plays like he did all every game he played in the second half of last year, creating turnovers, and he's a sort of a – I keep saying – what the Honey Badger is in the secondary, Ryan Shazier has the potential to be a hybrid kind of guy who can do great things in uh, in pass coverage um, as well as uh, as being. I, for a guy who's built the way he is, he's a dominant. Oh! Oh, well. It's another surprise game show today. Ryan Bartlett out on maternity leave. Oh, yes! Congratulations in Muzzle Tough. To our pal RB and his wife, they have a, a new uh, beautiful little boy. Red oh, Axel wow. Bartlett, a new Los Angeles native. Well, speaking of L.A., the Rams went 21 years. They were away in St. Louis. Trivia today, the game show. There have been 43 quarterbacks right. over that 21-year period that have started an AFC or NFC championship game. Who are those quarterbacks? Give me that question one more time. 43 quarterbacks since the Rams left in 95 that have started an AFC or NFC championship game, who are they? This is anybody in the world. These 43. aren't people who ever played for the Rams. No, no, these are just – No, the, the Rams haven't been to 43. And what is the standard again? <laughs> Title games. Yeah, the AFC and NFC championship games, who are the 43 quarterbacks? Since 85. No, since 95. Since 95. Yes. Matt Harmon, you can begin. <laughs> Cam Newton. This is this is going to go on, I think. This is going to go 43, on. That's, a, that's a lot. That's a lot. Go ahead, Hank. I'll take uh, Drew Brees. I will take one Ben Roethlisberger. Aaron Rodgers. Peyton Manning. Russell Wilson. This is started, right? Not just one. Started. Correct. Uh, Tom Brady. Damn, I was going to go with him. Now I'm stuck. Oh, no, wait. No, I'm not. Uh, I'm going to go with... Uh, <laughs> Whoa, handsome! Oh, you go. I'm gonna go with Trent Dilfer. I'm gonna go with Trent Dilfer. He was he was at the back of my list, but I'll put him up there now. All right, I'm writing down some more names here. I'm gonna go with uh, Peyton Manning, Carson Palmer, Ben Roethlisberger. Oh, he's gone. Is he Rich Gannon then? Shaq, you actually said Peyton twice. So what you I'm gonna did. do? Is no, I didn't. Did I? You did. Oh, I meant Eli then. I so meant Eli. Eli's in. 
Back to you, Harmon. Oh, well, that's not really fair. Um, shoot Brett Favre. Ah, got that one. Five times for Brett Favre. Oh, that's a lot. Jake Delhomey. Hold on. What, am I out or something? You did. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> Thanks, Go ahead. Brad Johnson. Does this mean it's back to me now? Now this is getting a little bit more. Well, you're throwing the order off, Shaq. Yeah, um, you really are. You're not helping. Creeps. <laughs> uh, Donovan McNabb. Mm. Also five times for McNabb. How did I come up with that name? Matt Hasselbeck. I can go on all day with this list. I'm well, you can't all day because there are. No, you're right. 43. I eventually would run out. But but with but with my filling until I think of the right. next name, it would take. Back to you, Shaq. Steve McNair. Oh God. Kerry uh, Collins. That's correct. Wow. He's done it twice. That's a good one. Uh, John Elway. That one was for John. Beautiful. Um, I'm gonna go with uh, Randall Cunningham. Kurt Warner. That was one on my list. It's one day I didn't bring a pen to this show. I'm trying to think if this guy did or not. Best way to find out is to say it. Yeah, I'm going to say it. Elvis Gerback. You know who that is. Ha ha. Put it out there just for fun. On the Who'd you say? Elvis, Elvis Gerback. Of course, Cordell Stewart did it. Oh, man. I don't know if this is right. This is probably wrong because I can't remember. With the Bears, Jay Cutler. That's right. Mm-hmm. Was yeah. it? Yeah. I can't remember when with the one game when he got all that criticism. That was that he got injured like in the first quarter. I couldn't remember I if it was a name, title game. Name or the guy. Name game. the guy who would have started Haney. the Caleb Super Haney. Bowl. That would have been Caleb the best. Haney. If they would have won that game and Caleb Haney had started a Super Bowl, then we would have laughed and laughed. Mm. Drew Bledsoe. Oh my God! I'm gonna lose. <laughs> I'm going to lose this game for sure. Uh, Philip Rivers? Yeah, of course. He played in the – took him to that AFC title game there. Now I'm a little bit uh, – how many more do we have? Hold on. Dave was looking – I like the confidence have that about you had. 16 more. 16? How many of them happened before I was born? Andrew or before Luck. I was before I was 10? Andrew Luck in the deflate gate game. Good one. Oh, man. I feel like I'm out of active, guys, but I'm probably not. Ten seconds, Harmon. Seconds, okay. Uh, no, he, I don't think he uh, – Joe Flacco. Ah, oh, you bum. You got it. I was going to – Jeez. I was super excited. I was going to throw up. One. Mark Brunel. I feel like this is wrong, but Matt Ryan. I felt like all my answers were wrong. No, he played in one. Matt Ryan did, yep. Okay. Yeah, he played against Colin Kaepernick. It's been so long ago. Oh, that's not fair. Back to you, Harmon. Uh, Alex Smith. Yep. Oh, jeez. Two in a row, Mark Sanchez. Oh, God. This is the most nervous I've been in a while. <laughs> I don't know what that says about you. I don't have a lot of stress in my life. Um, Gerbach was an interesting one, now that you say it, handsome. That was not a bad one. Mike Vick? Oh, my, wow. Sheesh. 
who would have been oh uh jake Plummer. how many have we got left now down to eight this is exciting we're not going to get through one more round handsome has made his prediction Harmon, you're up. I know I'm up. Don't rush me. <laughs> uh, this is since 95. Yes. So it includes 95. Yep. I don't like that, that you're so confident that you now know one. Oh, man. Uh, I know one. I wish I'd say, I wish. I think it'll be one of the last names on the. Five seconds, Harmon. Four, three, two. Dan Marino? One. That was wrong. Oh, he was pretty close though. He was the he was uh, one of the last to that be victimized 90, by those build teams. Ninety three. So if ninety five counts, then I can go Neil O'Donnell and uh, Troy Aikman. I already said Aikman, didn't I? He said Aikman. It doesn't matter. Damashek is your winner once again. Good one there. Hey, is Steve Berline on the list? Steve Berline. Hmm. Steve Berline's not on the list. Give us the final names. Okay, here's a couple of the names you didn't get. Chris Chandler for Atlanta. Oh, sure. Dante Culpepper for Minnesota. Uh -huh. oh. Rich Gannon twice. I we had, we I got somebody Rich got Gannon. Gannon. I said Rich Gannon. Rex yeah. Grossman. Oh, oh good one. Good. Sean King for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. <laughs> and then Vinny Testaverde. Mm. And, of course, Steve Young one time in 97-98. Wow. I had Steve Young, but I couldn't I, remember I couldn't, exactly yeah, was, how Steve far Young, they went off later in his years. All right. Black Tie is now telling me we have to wrap the show. What? Black Tie, we have two more divisions to go here in the AFC. Two whole divisions. All right. Let me tell you two things. Can we show our boards real quick? I want to show the rest. We'll pay off our analysis uh, on our next show. But please, show the boards. AFC South. I have your Titans bringing up the rear at 6-10. and 10. This doesn't mean I think this is a bum team, but I also think Mike Malarkey's track record as a head coach. Get all excited about exotic smash mouth all you want. He's been a terrible NFL head coach. 6-10. and 10. Jaguars, 8-8. Eight and eight. They're a year away. That's not a knock on them necessarily. Mm -hmm. They're going to have uh, some exciting games, but they're not ready to – to uh, to get to double digits yet. I think the Colts are still a flawed team. I don't assume that Andrew Luck's going to return to 2014. I, I think he will, but I still think this is a severely flawed team. I think the Houston Texans are your secret Interesting. AFC powerhouse this year, relatively speaking. I like the Texans quite a bit. I like Bill O'Brien. They repeat. And uh, so there you go there. I like Osweiler to have a good year. And then the AFC West, tightly contested. Again, what happened with the numbers here? I, I sent you numbers, and these are all wrong. Broncos 7-9 <laughs> with Trevor Simeon. The defense has to regress. I know you're very much against regression, Matt Harmon, or the word regression. I am against the word regression because I feel like it's the most popular buzzword in the fantasy community to just substitute any like real actual thought into it and just be like, well, hey, I mean, this guy's going to regress. What a jerk. Well, no, they're going to – regression is what's going to happen to the right. Broncos' defense. They can't score touchdowns every week. What do you, what's, what the, do you say the record going to be? The bum offense is uh, – what's that? What's their record going to be? Seven and nine. They have okay. a dominant defense, and it's going to be a closely contested division. Chargers at eight and eight. I have the Raiders at nine and seven, and I have the Chiefs taking the division at nine and seven. I think uh, no one is a great team in that. Do team. you think? Because I kind of like the Chiefs' offense this year for Me fantasy too. a little bit. 
Do you think that they can win that many games, though, with their best defensive player and clearly probably the best player on their team hurt for an extended period of time in Justin Houston? Yeah, well, and also there's concern about Tom Bahali. So, right. so, so now that's uh, two guys who, t- who typically create a lot of sacks for them. So they're both down. But they have loaded up in the last two drafts on talented guys at least to replace that. Yeah, it's a legitimate concern. But Andy Reid is one of those guys. Again, if you just look at in broad strokes, Mike Malarkey is a terrible NFL head coach. The track record says as much. Andy Reid is a great NFL head coach. He tends to produce teams that have winning records, and it's as simple as that. Alex Smith, efficient, calm, whatever you want. Jamal Charles is one of the true special talents. Jeremy Macklin, Travis Kelsey, and the rest there. So I like the Chiefs to take a soft AFC West this year. We'll it's going to be further. fun to watch that. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll dig in further on those teams and uh, give you some fantasy analysis there. Real quick, because I promised it, Emma VP. What was it? Who sent the tweet? Oh man, I want I, I but I promised it. I promised it MVP. All right, the handsome rankings for quarterbacks are uh, are coming next week. Oh. In the meantime, Matt Harmon, give your Twitter address real quick. It's at Matt Harmon underscore BYB. All right, he does great work. Reception perceptions, hype train or smoke screen, another great feature that he's writing. Look it up at NFL.com and handsome Hank. You know, he does this, that, and the other. Here right. At the NFL nothing, these nothing, days. nothing very useful. Yeah, yeah, but he's uh, he's busy enough that he doesn't even have time to button up the uh, the top half of the buttons on his button. It takes too much important. time. So he must be very whoa, busy. Whoa, whoa, whoa. How come Emma gets no grief for, you know, laying down the hammer? But if I do it, oh, I'll help Blake Ruth. Gets no grief. She's, yeah. very, she's very nice. I'm like, trying to give grief, but then you're also saying, we got to get out of here. Uh, the show's gone on too long. Well, we got to wrap it out here. I'm, I, I'm just so proud of Emma. She, that, you know, almost put a tear to my, to my cheek. So, <laughs> oh, this is, what, a, what a moment. I'm so yeah. glad I get to be here for this. <laughs> Creepy all the way around, but uh, I think if there's one takeaway, it's that Damashek has returned to the top of the mountain in, in uh, trivia. I don't know if you have a winning record yet. Oh, I think I do. I think I we got it. That's our next thing. Kent Brown behind the glass. Add up how many victories Damashek has had. I think I've won more often than I've lost in our in our trivia game. There. Congratulations to the Patriots on their thirteen and three record. Your Steelers are your second seed. The Texans are the three seed. The Chiefs are the four. Your two wild cards are the Bengals and the Oakland Raiders. Oh no, yes, the Bengals and the Oakland Raiders, subject to change. We'll be back with more hooey and applesauce later on. In the meantime, thanks so much, football fans. It's been a thin slice of heaven. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. 
Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. 